Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. everybody it is I William Powell happy good Friday everybody I am your host from the East Coast otherwise known as the king of DC media welcome to the inside acting radio show tonight's show is brought to you by the excellent column DC actors examiner Google DC actors examiner and subscribe follow me on Twitter at Handle Inside Underbar Acting and Facebook at William.T.Powell. I've got an announcement here to make. Wolfpack Theater Company presents the hysterical musical comedy sensation Nonsense this April 10th, 11th, 12th, 17th, 18th, and 19th at St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church. That's 5820 Riverdale Road, Riverdale, Maryland. You'll laugh and cheer as these six zany nuns sing and dance their way into your heart. It doesn't matter what religion you follow. This is a not-to-be-missed production. Proceeds from the production will be donated to men against breast cancer to help men support the women in their lives suffering from breast cancer and St. John's own Bountiful Blessings program. So for tickets, you can go on... uh, the internet and log on to www.wolfpacktheatercompany.com. That's theater, T-H-E-A-R-T-R-E, wolfpacktheatercompany.com, and reserve your tickets today. So this evening's guest is Rick Drayson. Now, Rick, he's been an actor, artist, internet talk show host of a show called um, Rick Drayson Live. It's an excellent show. You can find it on YouTube. He's had... Uh, Character actors like uh, uh, Gary Cole has been on there. Uh, he's got, uh, I think, uh, Steve Austin, the wrestler, has been on there. Excellent show. He's also a director, producer, and writer. Uh, he's also a personal trainer, stuntman, former bodybuilder, and retired professional wrestler. Uh, Drayson even designed the Gold's Gym logo and the World Gym logo. I mean, is there anything this guy doesn't do? Arnold Schwarzenegger was Drayson's weight training partner for four years uh, at the original Gold's Gym uh, down there in uh, Venice Beach, California. And he also won some bodybuilding contests uh, in his younger days. 
He is also a specialist reserve officer for the uh, the LAPD, and he's also a spokesperson for Gold's Gym. And he's also appeared on TV shows like The Hulk, The Shield, Cold Case, and The Man from Atlanta. So let me bring Rick on in. Hey, buddy. Hey, Rick, how you doing? How you doing, butter? Well, I called the wrong number first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got somebody in China, I think, I answered. I didn't understand them. I'm doing okay. <laughs> that, was a, that was a pretty nice buildup. I didn't know I did all those things, but I did. It just escaped me at the time. You build a list and then... You lose the list. You don't know what happened to it all. Oh yeah, yeah. The time goes goes by when you're having fun. And it goes it goes way too quick. I mean, there's. I'm still not finished. I have a lot of things I need to conquer. But in the meantime, I'm taking one at a time and just doing it. But it's uh, that's right. Challenging. It's out of passion and it's fun. So it's, it's that's right. Time. That's right. Okay, so, man, I know it's been a while since you've been on the show, so just uh, quickly fill in my listeners on your background and how you got into acting. Well, <laughs> you pretty much said it. Um, long story short, I'll do a brief synopsis. I started yeah, out in Bakersfield as a guitar player. I was uh, in a rock band, and then I was discovered at the Hollywood Palladium. I won a battle of the bands and got a deal with Capitol Records and then did that, the Hollywood Bowl, Gazzari's, Las Vegas. In the meantime, I was bodybuilding. And entering some contests, this is just out of high school. Actually, it wasn't high school, but out of high school. And then in 1965, I decided to take a turn, <coughs> excuse me, and go into pro wrestling. So I started that avenue, which to me is, is acting. It's theater in the round, even though there's a lot of violence involved. We call it ballet with violence. Um, <laughs> you have to work in a circle. I mean, you're working four, four sections of a stage in the round, so you're working the audience in all directions. So basically what the acting part of it is selling your character, connecting with the audience, uh, getting to like you or hate you, either way that you play this, and to believe in you. And so it's, there's a lot of uh, chemistry going on between you and the people in the show to make sure that they like your character because if you don't believe what you do, they're not going to buy it. Right. So by doing that and being on TV, on Channel 5 and 13 and other channels, <coughs> wrestling and doing interviews, somebody in, in Hollywood saw me and they asked me to do a Chevy commercial which I did with Arnold back in the day. We did one together. And then I did the FBI series with Eflin Zimbalis and then Ben with the Rats. I played a KGM instructor on that movie, which was a, a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and then one thing after another came out, a lot of commercial stuff. A lot of the commercials were, the, you know, the guy in the plaid shirt, mustache, Tom Selleck. Look, I got a lot of that and a lot of cigarette ads. So that led me into the acting field. I got a, a decent agent. There's no such thing as a good agent. And um, they started submitting, and I started getting work, and one thing led to another, and I made enough money in acting over the years that I took my retirement in 2001 because of a knee injury from wrestling, and I got my pension, I got my uh, insurance for the rest of my life, and uh, it worked out fine. So now, you oh. know, you get auditions sporadically, and sometimes I go, and sometimes I don't. That's, yeah. that's it, and yeah. that's all. And along the other things I did along the way, which was many. Right. That's how the acting part came out of it. Hmm. But I, yeah, I don't have any regrets. Done, um, I don't know. That's hard to say. Um, I, I've liked everything I've done has been different. Uh, from a gay gym instructor, which was really kind of a challenge, but it was fun. It was I just had to <laughs> laugh at myself and do what I did. Uh, to an uh, Aryan biker bad guy on the shield. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that type of role. Bodybuilding stuff's a dime a dozen. I've done a lot of that, but I don't really care for that. That's really doesn't take much acting. Although I did get a guest starring role in Charlie's Angels because of the bodybuilding. <laughs> that was a good month's work, and, and it worked out real well. It was called The Mystery Galaxy. 
that was actually a fun role. I was in the whole thing. So to me, that was like, you know, you're a working actor. You're making some money and doing something. The Hulk was fun um, only yeah. because of the makeup. I mean, uh, there was Bixby, then me, then Ferrigno. I was the middle transformation as the demi-Hulk. I didn't know that, you know, 30 years later, it was going to have this huge cult following at Comic-Con and all these shows. So basically, and I haven't done it. I could go set up a booth and sell pictures, but I just haven't done it. I didn't know it was going to go that well. But it did. Hmm. And there's, you know, things come about that you do without really any planning. They kind of like just, they, they find their own path. And it's the same thing with Rick's Corner. You know, acting roles, and I tell people seminars on acting, that it's it's not an easy business. You gotta, you know, we are, we're always told you have to have a rejection and know how to take rejection. And you have to be a little bit different. And if you want to be like somebody, say I want to be like Al Pacino, well, forget it. There's already one Al Pacino. Be yourself. But develop yourself to be something different that you bring to the table that other actors can't do. And People say, well, what is that? I don't know until you look at yourself and figure it out. So you have to reinvent yourself all the time to be something different. When I had hair, <coughs> excuse me, I have an allergy. And I don't know what it is. I think it's probably my turtles. Um, when you when you have when I had hair, I got a lot of look as the outside guy. I had a lot of work as the outside guy, the mountain guy, you know, the the, the all um, the rugged dude with the jeans and the plaid shirt. But that was fine. And then yeah. my hair started getting a little bit thin, and I said, well, I don't want fat hair anyway, so I decided to shave my head. And when I shaved my head, it picked up a whole different look. Even in wrestling, it changed my character, but it took me out of uh, the the outside guy to a uh, bad guy. You know, the wrestler, right. the, body, the bodyguard, the tough guy, that type of thing, which was okay for a while. And I thought, well, I don't want to do that anymore either. But I'm 70 years old now. I've got four grandkids and three kids. Now, if I want to go on a father role, they don't buy it because they say you don't look like one. You know how they stereotype you? And, and casting right. directors say, well, no, he's a wrestler and bodybuilder. No, I'm not. I'm 70 now. I'm not that anymore. I'm doing other things. And as far as I'm concerned, well, acting is being able to do different roles. Let them give you that challenge. I, I did a movie for Fred Olin Ray uh, called Kid with the X-Ray Eyes, and I played an Arab general, and that was fun. But the accent, I had a fake eye in and the turban, the whole thing. And he allowed me to do it, and I did a good job. And I, I knew I could do it. Someone just let me do it. So it's uh, in acting, it's, it's, it's whether they want to take a chance on you or lay the money out to have you do a role if they believe that you can do it. And it's, I understand that. I wouldn't want to put money into somebody who didn't show up or didn't do a role right. You know, I, I get that. Oh, so, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, you've got to be prepared. So, yeah. You know, I heard a rumor on the street. Somebody said uh, you we were in a uh, uh, film. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was with uh, Gary Coleman. I mean, not Gary Cole. Gary Gary Cole. I think it was Zero Tolerance. Oh, that's Robert Patrick. Oh, Robert Patrick. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's been on my shows a couple of times. Gary Cole, yeah. I work out with. He came on my show as well. Luke Perry, uh, people yeah. like that. They're all friends of mine. But Robert's a real good friend. We did. Um, Zero tolerance, and then we've been friends forever, and we work out together and hang together. And so he's always willing to help me out and come on and do an interview. He's been very, very successful. He's had a really good career, and Gary Cole too. Oh yeah. Uh, um, I, out here on the West Coast, uh, I'm pretty good friends with a lot of the network people, NBC and ABC. So they usually come out and they do specials um, on me in my ring. And then Fritz Coleman, the weather man, and I are real good friends. He's been on my show several times. We've done interviews and have coffee in the morning. So. Hanging around those people, um, it's good for me because when you have your own show that you host and you have good guests, their friends become your your um, viewers. 
And so it just multiplies after that and after that. It just gets more and more and more. And when I just did this lecture and this acting workshop, I had told people, I said, you know, you don't know what exactly where your path is going to go. I never knew years ago I was going to have my own talk show, Rick's Corner, which has 16 million viewers now. That's a lot of mm-hmm. people. And it just keeps growing. But the content is good, and I've had people write to me, and say, I watch your show all day. I, I watch them over and over and over. And you got great guests. If I don't have a guest, I do a monologue. And I did a monologue yesterday on obsession, obsession with bodybuilding, because people get obsessed where nothing else in their life matters. But people can do this with anything. You do it with acting, you can do it with eating, you know, smoking, or whatever. And I've already, since last night, I've had 3,000 views. That's since 9 o'clock last night. So I seem to hit a vein that seems to work. So as an actor, if I'm not getting work on auditions, I created my own show. And I figured I'll do my own thing. And it's um, I do my own production. I shoot it. I edit. I put it together. I add the music and all the inserted the photos and the text. And I have it up in about an hour. So I was telling other actors that then you can do the same thing. Today with YouTube and a good camera, you can shoot your scenes and throw them up there and get people to notice you. Make sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so now you let you know, the actors work stuff. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, because of my show, I had trained um, Maria Menounos. She's a reporter for NBC, and she mm-hmm. had done uh, SummerSlam and WrestleMania and wanted me to train her for it, so I said, okay. And she came over there almost three or four times a week. She said, I have a show called After Buzz TV on the Internet. It's, it's uh, doing recaps of all the shows on TV. Would you like to come host and uh, do the review on Friday Night SmackDown? I said, sure. So it's, she has a studio in which is a house that she converted into five studios. Really, really well done. So I got a co-host, and I got two guests to come on every time, and I did it for a year and a half. And it was on my Sundays, and I finally said, look, I, I need time to myself. I can't do this anymore at four on Sundays. I'm just going to work from the house. So she had her boyfriend and her dad come out and rebuild my studio, relit it, did a really nice set for me. But I got that after, after doing my Rick's Corner, and then from that I got Actors Entertainment with Pepper J Productions over in Hollywood, that I do sporadically, maybe two, three times a month or however often she needs me, interviewing actors, writers, directors, and producers, which is a whole other conversation for me, which I really enjoy. So um, I've done that for probably two years now. And then after that, I got off to another show called, uh, well, it was a fitness show over at the stream.tv. And then they said, how would you like your own show? I said, that'd be fine. So they, we got Rick Grayson live. And then off of that, I did Tough and Tender with my girlfriend talking about relationships because I had articles on that years ago about relationships. I don't know what it is, but... People come to me, and they're women. Well, I don't understand these men today. Can you tell me I've got to break up with this guy? So I said, let's turn it into a conversation and make a show out of it. And that's what I did. Great. So I did that nice. for like a year. Nice. Yeah, then I, I backed off on that, too, because it was just so time-consuming. You know, yeah. when, when you have a show, you've got to get your gun. For them, for example, they wanted bullet points, and they wanted me to do text sheets every week and all this stuff go up for their engineers. And yeah. Said, no, no, I just want to show up and, and do the show. You get someone else to do that for me. But they right. never did well, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for me, yeah. I have a studio here in my back, and I and I get my guest over. We sit down, and we chat, I edit, and I put the show up, and it works. It just works for me. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they try to they try to pigeonhole you. It's good to have like, you know, your own format, do things your own way, man. So you have so many questions yeah. I want to get to. You mentioned something that perked my my ears, perked my ears up. And acting workshops, is this something you put on or you were invited to to teach no, this? Or how did no, you get involved a, in that? No. There, there's a friend of mine by the name of Rock Riddle. He's a publicist. And he used uh-huh. to be a wrestler. Very good one. Very, very, uh-huh. very very extreme character. Long blonde ponytail. Uh-huh. He's out there. He's really sharp. And he comes over to my wrestling classes and helps out. But he has uh, a, a business here in Hollywood that he's a publisher. 
I mean, not a publisher, but a, uh, a publicist. And he, he gives seminars, and he has people come in and talk, producers and writers and directors, do his acting class and all that. They always ask me to come give a talk. And so I do, and I do about 45 minutes. And then all the people say, oh, please come back again. You're so funny. We have so much fun. I try to make it a stand-up comedy hour because I like doing it. <laughs> so, it, 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 you know, when you add comedy to something, you get their attention and they love it. And then I pick people out of the audience and I rag on them a little bit and make fun of them, which they like. So that's how I got into that, and I enjoy it. And so he calls me out, and uh, this is what happens. And then you start getting other people who hear about you, and they ask you to do the same thing. And on on my show, Rick's Corner, it got to the point where people were asking me if I would take them on as um, clients as far as advertisers. So I've got five or six advertisers that I I do banners at the end. I do an infomercial for them. I monetize it, and it's making me a really good living. So you don't know, you know, until you try something, what it's going to do. It's it's um, it's, it's it's just crazy. I have a partner in China now that partnered up with me, and we're producing all the shirts, the Gold's Gym shirts, and all my own designs in China. My show is dubbed in Chinese or subtitled in Chinese, and it comes out this month. And so that's a whole other outlet for me along with what I'm doing now. So this all started just with a little YouTube channel. So I'm yeah. just saying to actors, if you, if you have something really unique you can do, Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Cameras are cheap. You get some lighting and set it up. Got a nice background behind you and do your stuff. Yeah, I know it sounds silly. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a little bit of work, but, um, and I'm on it every day. But you got to make it. Yeah. Uh, you got to make it a passion. Okay, Absolutely. what are your other questions? Absolutely. I'm, sorry, I'm going off crazy here. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right, man. We got time. We got time. So now a young actor steps off the bus in L.A. Now, what tips would you give him? Well, I have people ask me, I want to become an actor. What do I do? I say, you go down to Hollywood and Vine, three doors down, walk about 50 feet, there's a red door, knock on it and tell me you want to be an actor, and they'll, they'll want to answer. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's like, and my grandson same wants to be an actor. I said, look, you've got to, you've got to learn um, how to act. You just don't walk in and say, I'm an actor, because you've got to be prepared on an audition to be able to deliver the lines, because if you don't, you're not going to get anywhere. And it took me a while to learn that, but wrestling taught me how to do that, so that wasn't a deal. But I would say you get into a decent acting class. There's a lot of acting coaches around, and it takes a little bit of money, so you've got to have a job. You get, you get it down to where you get some stuff on a reel, because nowadays they ask for your reel. Headshots are a thing of the past. Everything is email submissions, so you only need one picture. They put it in the system, and they do email submissions of your look. Well, So once you get a reel down that shows you off pretty good, you can start knocking on doors and finding agents that are good which I don't think there are any agents that are good. They're just there to collect your money. But at least have <laughs> someone represent you so they can submit you, especially commercially. You need you need an agent commercially. And then you just start schmoozing around with people and get to know people and producers and directors. I've gotten most of my jobs off directors that I know or producers that I know, not necessarily agents. But if you do get an agent to send you in and you go in for an audition, be prepared and be able to do the lines, kid with them a little bit, get on their good side so they like you and they call you back. And then if you get the job, Get to know the people behind the scenes. Get to know everybody in behind the scenes. Be friends with them because if you do a good job, they'll call you back again. And then once you're in, again, you're seeing more. That's more film on yourself, and you grow from there. But it's it's a long process. It's not something that happens overnight. My daughter is a photographer, and she shoots for many fashion magazines, and all of her friends are actors, and they all have TV series. She's at least four of them that are on steady TV series all the time, all in their early 20s, making 25000 a week. But, you know, they worked hard and they were in the right place and they had to look and they delivered and so they got the work. But someone else can try that and it never happens. It's just, uh, you know, first of all, you got to have a look. you got to have the look they want. And then you got to be able to do it. Yeah. I get the same questions from guys that want to be wrestlers. I get calls at 3 o'clock in the morning. I want to be a wrestler. Where do I go? And it's like, you just woke me up, man. You know, what do you call me at 3 in the morning for? 
you know, it's always the same thing. It's my passion. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 11 years old, and I'm five feet tall. I said, no, wait till you're older. I'm, the guy will say, I'm 45 years old. I'm five six. I'm 500 pounds. Say, no, you're too small. I mean, I have to go through this all the time. But they watch TV and they think they can become a superstar, not realizing that it's a lot of work and there's a lot of injury and a lot of pain to get to where you can even make it 20 bucks out of it. So it's the same thing yeah. with that. Everybody wants to be in the limelight. You know, I don't mean to just be discouraging, but I'm realistic about it. Oh yeah, yeah. So you keep talking about agents. That's one of my questions I have for you. So what should actors look for in agents? Well, you got to look at who they're representing. See if they have anybody that uh, anybody that has any work involved at all that's recognizable. And if they do, then there's a chance they may be able to, sh- sh- you know, shove you in with them with a shoehorn and you go on in on their tail, their coattails. Or you ask anybody who else is, who has an agent if they think they're good, if they send you out a lot. If they send you out a lot, that's a good thing, but you don't want an agent that has five people like you because they'll get out and you won't. I, I have uh, I went with one agency once and they had four people or one person like me for sure. So they took me on and buried me so that one person would go out and I wouldn't get any work because they wanted him to work. So you got to be careful. But a smaller agency is probably the way to go if they're connected, and most of them are to some degree, and a lot of them aren't connected. A big agency you get lost in because they have all these superstars working, and so they don't really care unless you're really special and they can bring you in with a package, and that's rare. So it's just kind of hard. A manager, I don't know. They're kind of a waste of time. They take a big percentage and do nothing. All they do is call the agent. So that's oh, not yeah, all yeah. <laughs> Similar to the publicist too, right? <laughs> yeah, publicist. You know, they can be like three thousand dollars a month. Yeah, hmm. and, and Rock keeps asking me, "Why don't you let me be your publicist?" I said, "For what? I mean, what are you going to do for me that I can't do for myself for three thousand dollars mm-hmm. a month? You, if you have a show running all the time and you're on national network, the networks will take care of the publicity. Or they have their own publicist, and if you're not." You're paying someone to try to get your name out for red carpet. Well, red carpet, everybody says, I do a red carpet. Well, I've done several of them. <clears throat> I won't do them anymore if I don't have to because it means absolutely nothing. You show up, you stand on a red piece of material, and take a picture, and that's it. <laughs> so it doesn't, re- doesn't really mean a whole lot for me. I, I try to avoid them when I'm asked to do them. So um, that's just something that, I don't know, I just think it's overblown. Of course, the Academy yeah. works red carpet else, but if you're doing a food store or a health food store for a red carpet uh, opening, well, no, I don't want to do it. don't want to do it. <laughs> I hate to sound like that, but it's true. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and then you, and here in L.A., traffic is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Yeah. And I live in Sherman Oaks, and a lot of the auditions are down by the beach, which I used to go to. All. I used to live there. Right. So getting on the 405 freeway after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's about an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minute drive just to get down to the beach, maybe an hour sometimes two hours to get home. So if they call me and they say, look, we have an audition for you at 5 o'clock on Friday, you can bet I'm not going because I'm not getting on the freeway. Right. So I just I just pass them. And, and the thing with casting, I mean, I know a lot of casting directors, and they'll call me out on something. They called me the other day to come out for a go-kurt, not go-kart, but a go-kurt promotional commercial. And they wanted me to be able to, throw big kegs of beer and logs and stuff like strongman things. Well, most of those guys are 300 pounds, and they can do it. I'm 210, 215, and I have a really bad shoulder injury. I can't pick that stuff up and throw it. And I'm 70 years old, too, so that's not going to happen. But they, right. need to know, they need to know their their clients, what you can do in Canada. And then they said, no tattoos. Well, I've got tattoos all over. 
And so mm-hmm. I call them and told them, I said, they said, that's okay, just wear a long sleeve shirt. I said, no, because they asked me to take my shirt off. So you've got to know your limitations because there are some. It's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I have you found that casting directors are just like very narrow minded? Totally. Hmm. Totally. You know, like I said, I've done a lot of bodybuilding stuff and wrestling stuff. No one ever guesses my age. I never get guessed over 52, 48, 52. I am in good shape. I'm still training every day in the gym. I know I've got abs. I've got My body looks great. But I'm not about to go pose anymore like I did at 30, 35. And they'll call me and say, oh, they want you for a commercial. Wear your Speedos and oil up. I said, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's just not what I do anymore. So they, they don't really take time to notice. And then a lot of casting people will tell my agent, well, Rick can't play this role because he's a wrestler. Well, why not? That was, you know, I retired from that 15 years ago. I can play anything. So they are narrow-minded. They get you, they pigeonhole you. Mm. Yeah. What's your opinion on uh, survival jobs for folks getting into the entertainment business? You mean like, like waiters? Yeah, all that kind of stuff, yeah. I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary to have uh, an income. I have um, someone in our family that writes music, and he doesn't want to work. It's my mm. first wife's son, <laughs> a different marriage. He just thinks that he's going to just live off the fat of the land and, and not have any money or a car because he's going to be a superstar writing music. And he takes a car and doesn't bring it back. He does things that he shouldn't be doing. He needs to get a job. He's 24. For God's sakes, start to support right. himself because these jobs aren't going to come in that quick. And if they do, you're going to get a few hundred bucks and it's going to be gone before you know it. So I think some of the best jobs are actually really high-end restaurants because you can work three or four nights a week and make a lot of money, a lot of money. Yeah. And that keeps you going. And they usually let you offer jobs if they have an audition or, uh, you know, you know, shoot schedule. They'll let you offer that. But working in a department store, no, that's not going to work. That's just not going to happen. Or if you can develop your own side business of some sort, like I have, I've had mail order for years. I have books I write that I sell on my website. They're all um, on Amazon. They print on demand. I don't touch anything. It just clicks and goes in my PayPal and works while I'm sleeping. So there's ways to do that too. You just got to be innovative and you're an actor, you should be pretty innovative anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, looking at the landscape out there, some of the young actors, I, I think that uh, I'm going to get on the soapbox right quick. Seems like a lot of the, uh, man, I, I don't know what happened to action stars, but looking at the wrestlers out there, who do you think will be the next, uh, the next rock, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson? Um... I don't really see anybody doing it. I mean, Steve Austin's good. He's a, he's a very close friend. He's a good guy. <laughs> and the films that he's done, he, he comes across really well. He's very natural. But The Rock has a different personality. He's got a different mindset. He can stand back and yeah. laugh at himself. He can play a deaf guy or he can do comedy or be silly or anything you want, and he can pull it off. Now, he can fluctuate in weight, too, 50 pounds either way. But he can trim down real thin or he can get real big, whatever you want to do. He's got a good-looking face. And people like him. He's very, very easy to get along with and work with. So he's got a good career. Now, the other wrestlers that WWE has their own entertainment company that shoots their own films, they put many of them in films for, like, horror films or whatever. And they're okay. I mean, the guys do what they got to do. No disrespect to them. They're good guys. But they're not going to become Academy Award winners. You know, I don't know anybody that can really follow through with that right now. They tried it with John Cena. Didn't do anything. Triple H didn't yeah. do anything. You know, it just didn't happen. you got to have that chemistry. 
they're good in the ring. They're good for the ring stuff. But when it comes to being on the big screen, it doesn't play up the same. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to have that movie star quality. Yeah, you have to have it. You have to have it in everything. You have to have it in wrestling, yeah. too. You've got to have that chemistry. Like I say, when you walk in the ring, the people just got to love you instantly. And and it happens. It can happen anywhere you go if you have that within you. And it's the same thing with acting. You walk in a room and people just know you're somebody. It's, it's really weird because even with my show, um, and I go out with my girlfriend a lot to dinners here and there, I get stopped all the time, not just for my Internet show. Hey, you're Rick. We watch your show. It's not even a bodybuilder. It's a businessman or somebody else. And Or they'll look at me. I know you're somebody. you got that look. you got that look. I know you're somebody. And so I tell them, oh, yeah, I know who you are. So you want that. You want to have that happening because if that happens when you're out and about, it'll happen for auditions as well. You leave your mark. You just leave it. I used to print up million-dollar bills. I did it for years, and I had my picture on it. It says, in Rick We Trust. And it had all my <laughs> credits and how to reach me. It's a million-dollar bill. And I'd always leave it on a, on a table of a producer or a casting director, and I'd, I'd say to them, keep this money. It's got my face on it. It's green. It represents dollars in your bank. So if you hire me, you're going to make some money off this. So those kind of things are promotional stuff's kind of fun to do, and people never forget you. People come up and say, oh, I've been carrying a million-dollar bill around my wallet for the past five years. It's right here. It's right here. So it's it's good to have little gimmicks. Awesome, man. I love it. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, wow, it worked. <laughs> Yeah, this makes sure it doesn't look too realistic. Or you'd be getting a call from the Secret Service. Hey, oh, no, they look they look realistic. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me switch gears right quick, man. We're kind of getting a little low on time here. We're having so much fun. Okay. Um, quickly jump into a little bit about uh, back in your your gold uh, bodybuilding days in the seventies and your Franco Colombo and Arnold stories, and then yeah. uh, got a question to wrap up with about uh, fitness. Okay, what do you want to know about it? 70s, 70s stories, uh, bodybuilding, all that stuff. Well, like we all hung out in Venice. Venice yeah. Beach was the place I hung out. I lived a mile away on the beach. I just walked to the gym. Um, an average day, which is a lot of people want to know about this, was getting up in the morning, having breakfast and cookies, delicatessen with Arnold and the guys, go to the gym, train, go lay on the beach for a couple of hours, have lunch, go to auditions in the afternoon, and then wrestle at night. <laughs> So my days were free. We could lay on the beach and just lay in the sun and just kick back. It didn't take a lot of money to do anything. Friday and Saturday yeah. nights down the road about another mile was the Marina Del Rey, which had all the nightclubs, and we'd go down there and hit on the chicks every Friday and Saturday night. So oh, it was kind of fun. And then on Sunday they had a happy hour. So at 4 o'clock these waiters would walk around with huge trays of chicken wings, a, a bunch of them. So we'd go down and we'd take a bunch of them, put them in the neck, and 20, 30, 40 chicken wings and eat them for a protein snack. We cleaned out the place before we went and had dinner because it was free. So those are some of the things we used to do. And it was just a blast. But just living at the beach and going down, laying in the sun, you know, and, and just not having to worry about going to an eight-to-five job unless you got an acting gig. And then a lot of guys worked in the studios as electricians or whatever came up or they were doing extra work or stunt work. And it just it was just a lifestyle. It was just great. I mean, my, my life has never changed since. It's always been like that. But I live in the valley now, not the beach. But I can be down there 17 miles away. <clears throat> and it was fun. Yeah, and you had a, uh, I remember that story you told about, uh, it's been told a lot of times about Franco Colombo used to uh, have like a, a carpentry business, a masonry business and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd build, he and Arnold started out building brick walls and cement walls, and one day he asked me to help him build a chimney in Westwood, and he picked me up in his Mustang and went up Wilshire Boulevard, and that's the main boulevard in L.A., at about 80 miles an hour. This is how he drives in Sardinia. 
And so we get to the house, and he climbs up on the roof and starts putting the bricks on the cement. And I'm mixing the cement and hauling them up in buckets. I said, I can't do this. I had to do this all day. And then he wanted to go work out. I said, I can't even move. Not now. But one thing he did do for me, he, he had done the Guinness World Records. He could blow up a hot water bottle really big and then, ex- then explode it. It'll bust. He called me one day. He said, Rick, I need your help. You want to come down to Devonshire Downs, which is uh, California State, uh, CSUN now. It's a university. And they're shooting a show with Gavin McLeod. I want you to blow up a hot water bottle. I said, well, I don't know how. He said, I'll show you how. It doesn't have to be as big as mine, but I'll loosen it up and you'll blow it up. I said, okay. So they had us on stage. I'm next to him. They introduce him. They introduce me. He blows us up. I'm blowing mine up. Mine shoots out of my hand like an airplane <clears throat> flies out. He gets us up really big, and it pops. So this was part of the show. I said, okay. So you get paid like seven fifty for the day or whatever through the guild. And from that point on, I just started getting residuals like all year long. I mean, it turned into quite a few thousands of dollars. It made the insert of Look magazine, and you just never know what's going to happen with something. That's just one of those freak days. He gave me a call, and I was available, and so we did it. Yeah, that's amazing. So, okay, we're going to wrap up with um, fitness and energy level tips for actors. Just kind of do it, give us a quick rundown of uh, just typically, you know, I'm just a typical actor. I don't want to be a bodybuilder, but I just want to be. Uh, fit, uh, physically sharp, mentally sharp, and just uh, with a high energy level. So what should I eat and how how much or how should I work out? Well, I think that resistance is the only way to work out. You need muscle resistance. So you work out with bands, you work out with weights, with machines. You want to do high-intensity training. So if you're going to work your body parts like chest, back, shoulders, arms, and legs in in that order or whatever order, you want to hit a couple of exercises for each body part. You want to do at least 12 to 15 reps per exercise, um, and you want to go no more than 30 seconds rest in between exercises. So that's like an aerobic weight workout. That'll harden your body up pretty good. I try to stay on a high-protein, low-carb diet so the carbs don't put body fat on, uh, and protein is chicken breast, eggs, tuna fish, steak, beef. Uh, salads are fine. Cottage cheese is great. Five times a day, small amounts. So your metabolism starts to speed up and burn fat, but it retains muscle. Uh, cardio is okay, three times a week, 20 minutes on the treadmill. You don't need any more than that. Otherwise, you start burning muscle. But that's a basic workout. That's that's going to keep you in pretty decent shape. But you got to hit the gym at least four times a week. You know, at least four times a week is good. You get those rest days. you got to have rest. And it works. It's, it's definitely a good way to train. And then it keeps your mind clear, too. If I don't miss, if I miss a workout, my mind is like mush. I, oh, my God, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. i got to go work out. opens my mind up. First thing in the morning, I work out, so my mind's alert, ready to go throughout the day. And that's how it works. That's right. That's right. Okay, Rick. Uh, so we're getting ready to wrap up here. So just um, put out uh, all of your, you know, your websites and uh, what you got coming up next. Okay, my website is rickgrayson.com. It's R-I-C-D-R-A-S-I-N.com, and my my talk show is rickscorner.com, or you can go to YouTube slash Rick Grayson. Uh, in about a week, I'll have a website called Rick Grayson Originals which has all my T-shirts and tank tops of the golden era with gold, uh, gold design. I got the golden era body bling. I got Muscle Beach, Venice Beach, California, palm trees. I got uh, Panda Jim uh, from China. This is all going to be here in the United States and China, so it's going to have a whole array of designs and really nice pastel-colored shirts, blacks and yellows, and also turquoise, beige, pink, green, you name it. And that will be in a week, rickdracingoriginals.com. And that's where you'll find some really nice clothing that you might want to wear take a look at. 
So that's what I'm working on. I'm doing my show. I'm doing like three shows a week at, and getting my guests together. And then uh, just letting it build up and build up and build up bigger into something, doing talk shows like yours. I'm on Fort Mag now doing articles for them. Uh, on the MS website, uh, MS Fitness Challenge. I had Dave Lyons on who had MS at 47. At 53 now, he's actually competing in bodybuilding. He actually is, is working really well. So I'm supporting them as well, and I'm supporting Wellness Fitness Nutrition. Um, well, actually, wellnessfitnessnutrition.com, Dr. Richard Rodriguez, who has supplements for bodybuilders and athletes, and he's an actual doctor who can actually prescribe things that make it work. So there's a lot there. There's a lot but it's good. Rick, I like man, you, busy. You, you. You've got about 22 years on me, and you, you talk. You talk about twice as fast as I do. I thought I thought oh. I was busy. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Amazing. Right? So it's all Amazing. it's all good. What's that? I said it's all good. All right, man. Well, Rick, man, you know it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, definitely, thank you for coming back on the show. We we'll have to do this more often. Whenever you want, you just give me a shout. All right, man. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, you have a beautiful Easter weekend. Thank you so much. Send me a link when you got it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye. And let me leave you with this quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody. Arnold said, for me, life is continuously being hungry. The meaning of life is not simply to exist to survive, but to move ahead, to go up, to achieve, to conquer. Good night.